Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Being able to spend time and see our leaders and pastors just in that time of refreshment too. But those of you who were there with me, how depressing is this Melbourne weather? This morning I made the mistake of wearing my open toe sandals because I'm still in like Queensland vibes. <laughs> Guess what temperature it was when I got out of bed this morning? Like I'm pretty sure it was negative six at least. At least. It might not have been. It might have been like four degrees, but it was cold enough that there was fog and I'm regretting wearing my open toe shoes and not bringing a warmer jumper. <laughs> I think, I propose that we as a Resound Church family, that we just all up and move to Gold Coast. Anybody with me? Should we do that? We could have an incredible church up there. There's people that need Jesus on the Gold Coast, right? Amen. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. I'll get back on track now. (laughs) This morning, I get the privilege of speaking to to us this morning um, from the perspective of children. Hands up if you're a child of someone. Oh my gosh, it's almost as if it were all of us. Fancy that. As I was getting dressed this morning and choosing my outfit, I put on an outfit. (laughs) I feel like every time I get up here, I just throw my husband Lockie under the bus. (laughs) I was getting dressed this morning and he was like, no, no, that outfit's too (laughs) mummish. So I'm hoping I'm like childish enough, like daughterish enough for everyone this morning. (laughs) Oh dear. I don't feel like we can talk about Mother's Day without honouring and acknowledging the incredible work that goes into mothering. I'm not there yet. I would love to be one day, but I'm not there yet. So I had to do what every good young adult my age does when I don't know the answer to a question. I'd spend some time Googling it. I did that in preparation, but I also spent some time sort of thinking about my story and my experience, because that's really all I can share with you guys this morning from. Lots of you know my family already. I have incredible parents. Um, From the year that I was born, my dad travelled for work a lot. He was away majority of the year. I'm the oldest of four siblings. Um, And anybody who knows me and my siblings, especially when we were kids, probably knows that um, we weren't really the easiest kids for my (laughs) mum. Especially when she was home alone juggling the four of us. You know, I'm pretty sure that when I was younger, my mum was a legitimate superhero. I think she could have four conversations at one time. She could be dropping all four of us kids to different schools and locations literally at the same time. She could be be preparing three different meals and changing a nappy at the same time. That is how incredible mothers are. I know that's all not literally true, but I can imagine that as a mum, that's what it feels like sometimes. You're juggling kids, you're juggling all the tasks that come with it, you're juggling everything, trying to keep all the balls up in the air. So I just want to acknowledge the hard work that I see our mums putting in and thank you for the time that it takes to put in. While I was growing up, you know, with my mum juggling myself and my other siblings, there were times that I felt really unloved. I felt really lost in our family I don't know if you guys have ever felt that before, but I felt like my mum didn't have time for me. My siblings' needs were more immediate than mine were. And I just felt like I didn't fit. I felt like I was overlooked. I felt hurt in lots of situations. I just ultimately felt unloved. And my mum was doing an incredible job, incredible job. 
But me and my feelings, especially as a child, I felt like she didn't have time for me. There were so many occasions that I came to, to Ruth crying and she would take me out for, for coffee and morning tea and make me feel better about myself because I just felt like my mum didn't have time to love on me the way that I needed her to, that she didn't have time to spend with me and care for me the way that she did my siblings. Now, I know that's not the truth. I know my mum loved me as much as she loved my siblings, but that was the way that I felt. This morning, I just want to encourage us that we can't control the way that other people act. We can't control everything that's outside of our circumstances, but we can control how we react to that. I could have easily held on to that hurt that was caused in my childhood. And for look, for, it took me time to process that. It took me time to actually get out of my comfort zone and talk to Ruth and to process it and to actually understand, okay, she doesn't hate me. She's just busy right? We have the choice between holding on to things and letting go of them. I want to share that I'm saying this as someone with an incredible mum. And I know that there's probably lots of you who here who have a lot harder stories than I do, who really didn't have your needs met or your desires met by your mum or another caretaker I know that it can be hurtful and I'm sure that some of you know that in a lot heavier way that I do. You know, there's the old debate of nature versus nurture. How much of me is me because it's who I was made to be, it's how God created me and how much of me is me because of who I was born to, how I was raised and where I was raised. I believe that parents have an incredible impact on our lives. I believe that mums and dads have an important job to be raising good godly adults And as I shared, I know that from someone who's got incredible parents and who did a great job in making sure I did feel loved in the ways that they could. But maybe that's not your story. Maybe you've got a lot more hurt than I do. Maybe you've got a a darker history of hurt from whether it be parents, family or other people outside of that. But I just want to encourage us this morning, and I know that this is something that you all know already, but we are called to live beyond that. We are called to live beyond the bounds of hurt and resentment and unforgiveness. You were created in the image of God. He chose to create you regardless of whether other people love you, like you, dislike you, whatever. It was God, the almighty, all-powerful God who created our universe, who chose you. He chose to create you exactly as he desired. That's what I want to encourage us and remind us this morning. There's a Bible verse in Psalm 139, 13 to 18. might come up on the screen if we're lucky. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would be outnumbered. They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. On top of this verse, I just felt prompted in my preparation for this message to remind us to be still, 
and know that I am God. He knew you before you were born. He created you despite the things you hate about yourself. He created you despite the circumstances you've been in. He he knitted you together in your mother's womb. He numbered your days before one of them came to be. I don't know about you guys, but man, that makes me feel an incredible lot better. Knowing that the God of our whole universe decided to create me, knowing that I would face hard days, knowing that I would be betrayed by people that I love, knowing that family members would disappoint me, he decided to create me anyway. I don't know about you guys, but I want to let go of the hurt that has been caused. I want to let go of resentment that I may hold and I want to step into freedom knowing that God created me to be me, knowing that he has good plans for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, we know that it's overused, but we're gonna use it again this morning. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The God of the universe created you with all the love that he has. He designed you to be perfectly you, regardless of your relationship with your mum. Regardless of your relationship with your dad, with your family, with your friends, whatever hurt has come your way, God chose you. Be still and know that I am God. God chose to create you despite anything that has come your way. Don't allow the enemy to win this part of the battle by holding you back in hurt and resentment. And we know this applies to things within the church as well. Don't allow the enemy to win this part of the battle by holding you back, by letting your heart fester in anger and resentment and hurt. Allow him to set you free as you take a step into that freedom. You will see that you were created by God for a purpose that is ordained for you. That's what I want to remind us this morning, that we were created We were created by the God of the universe who loves us infinitely more than we will ever know, who loves us more than our mums love us. That's hard for me to comprehend. I know my mum loves me incredibly. The God who loves you more than anything else created you. He chose you despite anything that you have faced. Even where it's a little bit holding us back. You know, I look at my story and go, oh, well, it's just a, you know, I know my mum loved me. There's, there's not really any issues there, but it's just a little bit of, a little bit of hurt. Just a little bit of anger. Why can't we let go of that little bit? Imagine how big that step could be if we let go of that little bit of anger, that little bit of hurt, regardless of the size of what it is that we are letting go. Imagine what what could happen when we get to the end of that road of forgiveness, when we fully embrace that freedom. That's not going to happen unless you take that first little step. And I know that it might be a really long, windy road of forgiveness a hundred different times. It might be a really long, windy road of coming and laying it at the feet of God a hundred different times. But you will never know what's waiting on the other side of that door unless you take the first step and give it to God and ask to be set free in that freedom that he has created for you. We're going to give you the opportunity at the end to to come forward and ask for prayer if that's the first step that you want to take um, or to have a conversation with someone if that's the first step that you want to take. Um, But before we do that, I'm going to pass over to Katie to share with us as well. I just want to encourage you to hold on to that. Don't 
be distracted in the next little while while Katie shares an incredible message as well. But hold on to that feeling. If you're ready to take that step into freedom, if you're ready to take that step into embracing what God has for you in the way that he has created you, hold on to that. Don't lose it over the rest of our message. I love what God does. In preparing for our messages this morning, Katie and I were chatting the other day and she was telling me what she was sharing about. And I was like, well, I think I'm sharing some of the same things. So, <laughs> And I love that God has prepared this so that it works well together. I'm going to pass over to Katie, who's going to share an incredible part, part to this Mother's Day service from her perspective as a mum of two beautiful girls and a little bit of her journey um, into motherhood as well. I know hers will be better. I don't need that feedback. It's fine. I know it. I've accepted it already. Thank you for your feedback. (laughs) But without any further ado, I'd love to introduce Katie Caputo to come and share with us as well. Sorry, I'm also not a pastor, so I don't have an iPad. Um, I have a computer. I was going to print it, but then... That would have been too old school. So we'll go the digital version. Um, thanks heaps, Jemima. And yeah, we're chatting and it was good because I saw chatting. I'm like, oh, that's kind of the same vein as what I'm going. And we're just like, this is going to be great. So um, I am really honoured to be able to share with you guys this morning. It is a little bit of a different format for me to share in. I normally am, I just like to sing, feel very comfortable singing. Um, I know that's where God uses me a lot in my singing, so that's a very comfortable place, but I also know that what I have to share today, it really impresses on my heart, but it's also very important, something that I very strongly believe in um, and is kind of the root of who I am as a person. Um, So to start a little bit softly, um, I do have two beautiful girls. We're going to put a photo up. Uh, We've got Tora and Evie. Some of you might know them. You might have heard them. Um, (laughs) We've got Tora on... on the left and Evie on the right. Um, Tori is our, if you see her at a park, she's our climber, our ninja. Man, her energy will outrun most of you in the room. Um, also, her volume is like incredible. Uh, and then Evie is also, as you can see, very smiley, very, very, very cheeky um, and very sassy at the moment. She's four and man, she keeps us on our toes. Um, but also, it's something that I learned in becoming a mum, and I didn't ever realise that I'd have to learn another whole language. Um, I have really bad English, and that's like my first language. I don't talk great English at all, so you're probably going to laugh throughout the whole thing. Um, but one thing I did notice about becoming a mum is that they just start to use words that is very unique to the child, and probably other mums can relate, that your kids will come up with words that no one else will understand. So in our house, we have a word called dada. That is not referring to Simon as dad. It's referring to a blanket. Don't know how it came about, but pretty much whenever the girls need their blankie, it's always, where's my dada? So we'll always be saying, oh, we need to go find the dada, this and that. Another one which I don't think... You might guess it, it kind of alludes to it, but um, it's a new one in our house. It's called chocolate toast, which is Nutella. The confusing part about this is chocolate toast equals Nutella. It doesn't equal like Nutella toast. So if she wants Nutella toast, it's, can I please have chocolate toast on crunchy bread? (laughs) 
or it's I want chocolate toast on squishy bread. <laughs> Very confusing. The amount of times I put toast in the toaster and then she yells at me like, no, mum, I want the squishy bread. And you're like, quickly whip it out. You're like, well, you've got warm bread with chocolate toast. Um, <laughs> the last one, which I don't know how this one came to be. It literally, I walked in and Simon's like, apparently we're calling it this, supermoat. It is maple syrup. <laughs> Don't know how this one came to be, but we have supermote on our pancakes. Um, and she is dead set. That is what maple syrup is. I'll be like, do you want maple syrup? And she'll just smile and be like, supermote. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyways, um, it's a little bit of funny things, but I'm sure you, once you see them, you won't be able to unsee my kids because they're generally running around and keeping high energy. Let's get into what I have to share. So continuing on from what Jemima shared, um, talking about perspective. Um, I really do hope that what I share can give you a new perspective that pushes you forward. Uh, I am going to share a little bit of my journey that's quite personal um, and how God's actually helped me shape, shift my perspective in a way for me to push forward in the purpose that he has for me. Before I share though, I do want to preface that It's important that we don't compare. We all have a journey and we all have our own challenges. So therefore, we should never compare our journey to others, but rather we need to learn to acknowledge our own story and own it. Um, I hope that today I can encourage you to push closer to Jesus and then also push closer to the future he has for you. So I have a drink. My story. So just over eight years ago, we were very blessed um, and excited to find out that we were pregnant. Uh, something me and Simon were so excited for, like so pumped. The joy we had in that moment of finding out, we were just oh, pumped for that. It didn't take long though, in about six week mark of being pregnant, it was not great. I was like morning sickness, all day sickness. Pretty much I learned to eat foods that you're happy to vomit up again. Um, So quickly realise the things that you don't want to vomit up again. And it took me a long time to eat them again. But I pretty much didn't eat much, lost a lot of weight, was very sick, was not great. Fast forward to about 37 weeks and I suffered uh, really bad itching on the hands, really bad itching on the feet. Um, And that generally kept me up all night. I was bleeding. Um, I was still quite sick and very nauseous. And I was about to, I was really excited, head into some annual leave and think about relaxing before the baby came. Um, That had changed. Oh, actually, I had bargained with God. I had this thought that it had been so bad and sucked so much, but that's fine because everything is balanced. You have a bad pregnancy, you're going to have a great birth. It's like they say, like, your kids are really hard when they're young, they'll be great teenagers. Life isn't balanced, guys. And I thought that, so I had that in my head. I'm like, it's a fair trade-off. It's going to be beautiful birth. It's going to be blissful. It's going to be amazing. So at 37 weeks, um, Simon had come in the door from a late night meeting, got up from the couch, and that is when our journey began. I had a really bad blood nose. Um, But I'll leave the whole story because literally it's a week of crap. Um, And that was our birth story. So that is a story for another day because we do not have time for that. Um, But anyways, 
I was diagnosed with severe preeclampsia and um, a thing called cholestasis, which is a problem with your liver. And therefore, this actually caused a lot of my organs to start like struggling and fail. Um, and it got to the point where I actually almost died. Um, so we continued our journey and Tora was health, healthy and safe, but she also had really bad reflux and colic, um, which then preceded the wonderful sleep deprivation me and Simon experienced um, to our lovely biceps that we also developed um, just from holding her upright the whole time. It's like, if you wanted to hold our baby, she was an upright baby, pretty much have a chuck cloth on you and just like keep moving. Um, because of all this, um, it was kind of like a nice sandwich effect that the sandwich never ended. Um, over the challenging years of struggling with some anxiety and depression and a lot of like triggering situations, I was actually diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder um, or short, you might have heard, PTSD. This helped explain a lot of what I was actually going through. Um, and for those that don't know what that is, it's a mental health disorder where your body creates a reaction from the traumatic event. So many people would hear, it's very common, and for me, a lot of research, it's always um, based around troops. So when the troops come back from war, it's very common for them to experience um, PTSD. So they'll hear, like, say, a car backfire, and it just triggers um, them to feel like they're back in that situation and fill them with immense fear. So PTSD for me actually meant that anything... Anything medical related would make me shut down and fill me with immense fear. Even talking about anything to do with anything I'd been through, which is really hard because people have babies a lot. People talk about babies a lot. So there was a lot that I would constantly be triggered by this situation. Um, and then that would obviously lead to some depression and anxiety. Even to the point that one day I had to go to the dentist completely oblivious. In my mind, I thought, I'm fine no problems. I actually left, had no treatment done, couldn't talk for the rest of the day and all I could do was cry. I literally sat on the couch and could do nothing. I was so triggered by the event but I couldn't artic articulate it. Um, and then even with the birth of our second daughter, um, it was medically perfect. Like the doctors were incredible. We had plans in place, very prepared I was very organised and structured for the second one. But even that still triggered me to have some anxiety for quite a few days, like before and after. It just was a very big deal for my body to cope with. So these are just a couple of examples, say, what PTSD does for me. So we'll get to the fun part. Um, so this has been an eight-year journey for me, um, and it's one that I still I know I'm going to have to keep working on. Um, I've prayed that PTSD, depression, anxiety would go away. Um, but instead, it's taken me on a path that has taught me so much more. You know, he's gi God's given me resilience that I never knew I needed or had. He's also given me the opportunity to keep my heart pure. And it's definitely been tested. Um, he's also showing me that life will throw you curveballs, but we are the ones to determine how we respond. You know, God is always working through every single season that we're in. And we don't need to under, like we shouldn't underestimate the miracles that God brings along the way. Just because something doesn't happen the way we want it to, it actually doesn't mean that God isn't working. 
Like that's really important because sometimes we want something, but sometimes that's not the thing that God wants us to have. Doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's like God is always working. Um, That's a very, very brief summary of my story because we're, you know, tight with time. But what's your story? You know, we all have a story. You've You've got a journey that you've been on, you know, however old you are. It could be 20 years, could be 50, could be 90. We all have a journey and a story to tell. All of our stories will have a high and a low. And I think for me, I've had to allow God to show me a different perspective of the situation that I was in. You know, ultimately, I feel the goal would be for us to see life and situations from God's perspective to see that all things come together for good, that it all just makes sense, that the pain, joy, sadness, happiness, they're all a part of a perfect tapestry of life. You know, the reality is, though, that we are human. Our human flaws will challenge us, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and see it from God's perspective. Um, a scripture that I really felt summarised this for me was Romans eight twenty four to 28. I think it's going to come up on the screen. It says, We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, and are called according to his purpose for them. You know, this scripture for me is such, it was such a promise. It was something that I held so strongly onto because if you can truly believe that God works all things together for good, it will push you through that challenge. You'll be able to see that tiny little bit of light at the end of the tunnel going, there must be something for this God. There must be a hope for this God. Like there's got to be something else. I can't be left in this such despair. You know, for so long I was, I was broken and my perspective was that so much had been taken from me. That a precious moment of holding my baby as soon as she was born wasn't even an option. Um, that a moment that so many people cherish had actually scarred me so deeply. I had to really reframe this thought and realise that, one, I was so grateful, so grateful for my wonderful husband, for the nurses. The care that I got in that very pivotal moment was wonderful. They looked after, and like the photos Simon has, he looked after our beautiful girl. When I actually couldn't, I didn't even know, like I couldn't even comprehend, like, and he was there doing that for us. And then it made me realise I'm so grateful for the body God's given me. Like it is so incredible what God has given us in our bodies and what they can do. And my body decided to choose that it needed to survive. And so to do that, it literally shut down everything. The only thing that was functioning was literally the bare minimum of survival mode. And that's when we need survival, we're looking for water, food and shelter. And that's literally all my body saw in that moment was, you need water. 
I wasn't allowed water, but that's all I wanted was I needed water, but it kept me safe and it kept, it, it stopped me from dying. You know, in all our life situations, we do have a choice. Option one, we can stay still, allow the challenges to overwhelm us, beat us down and just in the end, we don't move and that is it. That is our life. It's not great, but that's fine. You can choose that option. Option two, be real with yourself. Confront the pain, confront the challenges so that the healing process can begin and then God can actually transform us and shift our perspective. I don't mean to sound blunt, but believe me, I've tried both. I've done both options. Um, for so long, I was, I was pretty good at hiding my trauma. I was able to hide such a deep wound that was inside of me. Um, I became so good at avoiding that it was actually even hard to diagnose what I had because I just avoided everything. If I needed treatment, I'd just avoid doctors, dentists, anything medical. Even the girls had to be like, Simon, maybe you should take them. Like everything. I was very good at avoiding and protecting myself from having to deal with any of it. But ultimately, this kept me from moving forward into what God had for me in this journey. For my perspective to change, something I learned is that often discomfort creates growth. That was literally my mantra for like, I reckon a couple of years, every time I'd feel like struggle, it was like discomfort creates growth. I need to keep pushing forward. I need to keep having this discomfort because it's going to produce something good in the end. You know, too often we want to stay in the comfort zone, but we want to possess everything outside of the zone. So we want to stay where it's warm and cozy, but we also want this too. It's like we want to have everything, but that's not how it works. (laughs) You can't have it both ways. You know, for me, I got to the point I knew I needed something to change. I couldn't keep living in such a, like a deep pain and hurt any longer Like it was just too much for me personally to just carry all on my own. So I started to allow God to actually help carry the burden and then take those steps of faith. One big thing for me in my whole journey was that I came across this opportunity when I felt like I needed to start making some change. I needed to make some growth. And I was doing so much research, which I found there's not a lot of what I've been through. It's not a common thing. So I was doing a lot of research and I came across this trial for PTSD and it's called exposure therapy treatment. Um, It's not easy. (laughs) You have to relive your trauma every single week, (laughs) sit with a psychologist and keep reliving that trauma. You know, it's really hard to kind of push yourself to get to those sessions knowing that you have to literally live through it again. Um, But, it helped me take the steps to heal. It helped me take the steps to build confidence in myself again. You know, I had to learn to trust God. And because of what I had been through, having a structure plan and knowing what is going to happen is important for me. But because the fear of the unknown is quite intense. But this, this idea of having everything planned, it's not realistic. Like I think everyone here can understand that you can plan your whole life out. And it's probably not going to go that way because life is 
unpredictable. (laughs) So I had to learn that I needed to really trust God. I needed to have faith in Him that each step is going to be so fearful, but it is important to take because that is how you press forward. You know, I really had to hold on to this scripture in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. You know, when we allow God to hold us in his hand, he will provide a way. We might not know what the way is, but he'll, like, as long as he's holding us, like, he's got us. It'll be okay. And that's like, I really held on to the scripture because it's like, I don't have the answer. I can't see a way out of this. All I see is just black and this is horrible. But it's like when you have hope, it's like something clings on, your soul clings on to God and it's just like, but he is good. He is good. He's got you. You know, I had this analogy and I want you to think of a really deep wound, like right to the bone. It is disgusting. It's gory. It's bloody. Um, Stuff's in there, like dirt, foreign objects. Like, it's gross, man. Um, You probably should go to the doctor. You should probably have surgery. Um, And it's gross. And... I have a first aid certificate, so very limited knowledge of medical things. I probably couldn't help you because I really hate blood. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you could just bandage it up, get some white bandages, bandage it up, and you've covered it. Good job. Like, it's not there anymore. And all you see is this white bandage. But I want you to not be fooled by the bandage because even though it's white and it's covering it and it seemingly looks fine, it's, it's not showing the depth of the wound that it's hiding. And after some time, because it's a really bad wound and it really needs some treatment, it's going to start to weep. It's going to start to seep through. That bandage is going to start to show some colour. It's going to need to be replaced. And you're going to have to deal with it. The other side is, instead of slapping a bandage on it, you actually do get some medical attention. You get it looked at. You get it cleaned out, like really get in there. It's going to hurt, but you kind of clean those foreign objects out. You're going to clean the dirt so there's no infection. It's going to be really cleaned out. You know, it's actually still going to be quite raw. Even though they clean it, it's still going to be raw. It's still going to be deep. But, you know, you're now actually giving your body the opportunity to heal. It can actually do what it's created to do, to heal from the bottom up. You know, you're probably going to have to go to the doctors again to keep getting treatment. Um, But it will eventually heal up. And, you know, the pain of the wound will start to heal up too. There might even be a scar that reminds you of the wound, and the depth of the pain isn't there as much. But even, like I had a, I cut my hand. And even sometimes the scar itself just has a little twinge about it. It just has a little soreness every now and then. You're like, oh yeah, it, it just reminds you. But the thing is, it's, it's healed up. It's on that process. Um, like the musicians can come if they want. You know, this analogy, I feel like is literally my story. 
I wanted the quick fix. I wanted that bandage to just slap all over it, move on, and it will be fine. Realistically, no one asked if I was okay. There wasn't much follow-up from what I'd actually been through, and I learned I just had to keep going. But it got to a point that it was just too much. Um, It didn't feel right. I knew I needed healing. Sure, I wanted a miracle, but my miracle in my mind was I want it gone. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want literally a clean slate and I want to start again because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. You know, my miracle did come, but my miracle wasn't what I wanted. It was how God wanted it to be in my life. And that was to shift my perspective. You know, He brought people into my life that encouraged me and helped me see that there was a way. Encouraged me to see a psychologist. It's not, there is no shame in getting help. You know, you are more stronger when you get help because you're wanting to empower yourself to be a better person. There, like, I was so ashamed. But there's no shame because it makes you a stronger person. You're allowing God the opportunity. You're humbling yourself and allowing God the opportunity to bring healing into your life. You know, God took me on this this long journey to really start to pull it all apart and remove my bandage and get deep in like it was deep. And He allowed things to start really healing in my life. You know, life is always going to keep us on our toes. We're on a journey. There's going to be valleys and there's going to be highs. But we have to learn to see it a different way. You know, it's not actually that one is good and one is bad. The valley isn't good or bad. The mountain isn't good or bad. They both will always have their challenges and precious moments to cherish. You know, for me, right in the midst of this this trauma, 24 hours after having Torah, I'd finally gained some proper consciousness, like where I can actually articulate my moments. And... This was the moment I got to meet our girl. I got to experience the joy of holding my baby. You know, honestly, before this moment, I couldn't comprehend that I even had a baby. Simon showed me pictures. He'd come in and be like, look at her, she's so cute. And I thought it was someone else's. Like my mind literally couldn't comprehend that the image I looked at was the child I carried for nine months. It was someone else's. It wasn't until they brought her in and they, they handed her to me and I realised that I had a baby. You know, this moment is so special because it was a little flower in the midst of a dark valley, a very dark valley, but there's always going to be something. There's always something that you can find beautiful. doesn't matter how dark it is. You know, you've got to work hard on yourself to see that there is more. There is hope. See that God really does work all things together for good. You know, if you can truly put your hope and faith in God and the Scripture, 
it will change the direction of your life. It will still be hard. Life will still have its challenges, but you will just learn to see it from a different perspective. You might think that I'm just lucky. You know, I don't get it. I don't get the situation you're in. I came from a Christian family. I have pastors as parents. Like, I live a a gold spoon life. You know, I wouldn't understand what you're going through. Of course I won't. (laughs) No one's going to understand what any of us are going through. That is the reality of life. You know, I was sitting with dad one time and he reminded me, he said, Katie, no one's going to get it because no one is you. No one is you. But that shouldn't put us down. That should remind us that the one person that does get it is God. The one person that was there in the moment of my hardest moment was God. I can't explain it, but the peace of God was in that room. We felt such peace. I don't know why, because it was pretty scary. We both reflect on it and it was tough. We didn't know what was going on. I, I met a lot of doctors. I met a lot of nurses. I got needles all the time. Like it was full on for a whole week. But in reflection, I just sit with God and I cry to him because he got it. I allowed him to hold me because he got it. He knew the pain that I felt. I wouldn't call my story lucky by any means. I'm fortunate to have like family and friends. It doesn't make my story lucky. It doesn't mean I had it easier because of that. But it doesn't mean your story is either, but it's a story and something you need to own. You know, we have a choice today and every day we have a choice. We either get to choose to step into the purpose that God has given us Or we get to just wrap another bandage. Go to the first aid cupboard, grab a bandage and just slap it over and just keep on going. But the reality is there's a choice. For me, I chose the bandage so many times. I just kept going, I just slapped it on and just kept on going because that was easy. It doesn't feel easy. I I understand because it's so painful. But taking the other option as hard and as painful and as dirty as it can be. Oh man, it's so good when you push through. It's so good when you realise how good God is. It's so good when you allow Him to start to show you the beauty in amongst such mess. You know, our journey isn't ever going to be linear. We're always going to have the ups and downs, but we have to keep pushing forward. Like Jemima shared, you know, we're going to open the front. And if you want prayer, we're here to pray. We want to encourage you. We want God to meet with you. That's only a step though. Your step might be that you want to go home and just write. You're just like, God, I just need to journal something. I need to make a decision today. I need to, I need to get help. And that is, su- that is such a bold move to go, I am going to make a decision to press me forward And you know what? It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter because it's your journey and it's your life. And if it's going to end you in a healthier and better place, it's the best decision you can make for your life. 
But it's your choice. We all get to have a choice. You know, church, I want to encourage you to just allow God to just rest in your heart. Allow Him to prompt you in what is your next step in life. How are you going to get through this challenge? Because it's a marriage. It's you coming with God and being like, we are doing this together. He will keep pulling, but you have to step. You can't pull something if it doesn't want to be moved. Now we're going to finish up and, you know, I pray that you've been encouraged. I pray, I pray that you've been pushed. I don't mean to be blunt, but unfortunately, that's what I said to dad. I said, this is me. This is my story and this is who I am. Only reason I want to be blunt and pushy is to say that there is more. There's more to our life and it ain't in sitting, wrapping up our bandages. There's a world out there that need our love, need our story, need our heart. But it only comes when we take the step. It only comes when we push forward. Now the team are going to play some music. I'm going to open the front. But I hope that you feel blessed today. I hope that God meets with you today. And I hope that you've been encouraged. Thanks. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.